You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent, listener-supported radio. I'm back, back in the New York Brian. Scott. Brian, if you had any concerns about the Mets losing integrity when Steve Cohen owned them, rest easy, my friend. Rest easy. <laughs> integrity has been restored in Queens. Yes. We brought back integrity. <laughs> he won't stand for it, Brian. Steve no. Cohen will not stand for it, no. that type of it's behavior. It's a culture change. It's a culture shift. shift. This is a new regime. That uh, is about class and integrity. Um, yeah, all those things that Steve Cohen believes in and cares about and has fostered his entire career. That's what that's the hallmark of his professional life. A man must have a code, Brian. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so obviously we're referring to uh, the, the Mets GM. What's his name? Jared Porter. Yeah, Jared Porter. He's He's been in the job less than a month, and he no longer has a job. No, he's out of a job. <laughs> of a, I want to put a disclaimer, I guess, at the front of this segment, is there is nothing funny about sexual assault, about, uh, I, I don't know, what, what what would you categorize this as? Not It's not, yeah, yeah it's sexual assault. Harassment. Harassment, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Nothing funny about it. Uh, I, we, neither Brian nor I condones it in any fashion whatsoever, but let's take a moment to publicly mock Mr. Porter at the very least mock him. Can we mock him? You know, it's so funny you said that. Cause I was, had such a similar thing that I was thinking of introing this of like, <laughs> there's nothing funny about it. You know, like it's awful. Right. It's Terrible. a horrible thing to do to somebody and it's really not funny, but penises are silly you know (laughs) (laughs) everything about them is silly and even though there's nothing silly about this situation that's where the giggling you know it's just a man sending a photo of his penis (laughs) it's so stupid it's so stupid it's so uncalled for and just but it's not you know so it's not to be giggled at but it's just hard not to think of a silly stupid idiot man (laughs) idiot sending his his member just and you know they think about these jobs how hard they are to get what a dream job you're the gm of the mets what a gift to your life and like what are you doing what are you doing what are you doing it's really not even a good idea to send a penis that's solicited right even if it's demanded it's really best you'd rather best (laughs) avoid it right because maybe in a consensual situation it would be exciting in the moment. But I would say that it, it no more than five minutes later, both parties regret it. Right. Like, even <laughs> right. when it's requested or demanded, <laughs> nobody wants that picture after about five minutes. It's like, right. the even thrill... when it's asked for, like, why did I do that? Right. Now I have this on my phone. Oh, God, <laughs> right. It's in the cloud. God only knows. Yeah. I just, like, it's unbelievable the way it escalated that he – Obviously, there was a there was maybe a minor flirtation that he might if he were you were being fair, you would say maybe he was misinterpreting. There was some kind of warmth. But then he sends he jumps, you know, 18 levels with sends like a bulge. <laughs> well, yeah. And then nothing, nothing. There's no response to that for like 70 texts. And then he decides just full, <laughs> full <penis. laughs> Maybe the problem was that I hadn't shown enough of my penis, right. like, which is never, <laughs> never something you want to say. Ever. Right. It's always too much. It's always too much. <laughs> Any penis is too much penis. It's too much. Well, God. I just like, even before it escalated to the penis, my, my favorite part of it was like, he's asking her, like, he goes, he asks her, do you have a boyfriend? And then sends a selfie of his face. Which you'd think is not harassment, right. but right. but and even, he's like smiling. He's like, yeah, it's right. like a nice, friendly face. But even the face picture is stupid. Like, oh, there's a cute right. girl yeah. I met. Yeah, definitely odd. I want to go out with her. Let me send her this picture of my face. Right. Like, what are you doing? Right. Yeah, very straight. Yeah, right. Very weird thing to do. Oh, extremely yeah. weird. I don't know. Again, and, and you know, again, not to make light of it, it's awful. Like these women, you know, they work trying to just work, trying to do your job in sports. And it's like you can't, you know, 
any move, it's possible that something like that, you know, I was thinking, I used to think when the whole Me Too movement happened, it used to be like, God, is this stuff happening all the time? Am I just like naive and whatever? And the best game to play is to ask any woman in your life if oh, she has yeah. a Me Too story. Because the bench first, she'll say no, not really. And then they'll think about it for a second and be like, you know what? And then they'll tell you the most horrible story yeah, right. you've ever heard in right. your life that they didn't actually even register as being that bad because it's just like the cost of doing business, of spending any time with men. Yeah, yeah. No, I it... did that with my wife, and she told me like the most horrifying story I'd ever heard in my life. And I was like, oh, and she was like, I guess that's bad. I was like, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, you told so, me you told me that you did that. So then I did the same thing with my wife. And God, some of the stories like harken back to when she's like 13 years old. Right. It's like 15 and Ugh. a stray penis. It's always, it's just, it's not good. No. And, you know, so, so like the Mets, they do the right thing and they fire the guy. Good for them. Congratulations. But it is being, it is being ushered as this, sea change of the Mets and you know oh you know this is a new regime he's not gonna he's not gonna accept it. who would accept this <laughs> were the Wilpons allowing it it's like encouraged I mean, under them this is like one of his first major hires and a month in he's first to for sending an unsolicited dick pic this is hardly <laughs> a great start for the new, you know, a new ownership class, like, this is a humiliating, horrible thing that happened. It's not like, oh, wow, Steve Cohen, you know, what an impressive move he made here. Absolutely. Yeah, right. And just the idea, too, that that's the, that's the culture shift. Like, let's aim higher when, when looking right. to shift the culture rather than only eliminating the sexual predators. Right. Who wouldn't fire this guy right now? Like, it's like not even that it's there's no ambiguity to it. They have literally the full text exchange right. on ESPN.com <laughs> right now. Like, there's no he said, she said. It is documented. Like, nobody has ever been caught more red handed than this gentleman. Um, so I don't want to hear about Steve Cohen's integrity. A man who probably I would if you dug into his firm, I'm sure. Yeah. I would be very curious how his traders behaved with with ladies. And I was actually I think there was an article in The Times that he had an issue at his company that was, you know, not was similar. And he, you know, himself used inappropriate language with female employees, which I'm sure is true. And by the way, is one of the biggest insider traders in the history of Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> so don't tell me about his integrity. I just I can't stand it. I know. It's unbelievable. Now, with that said, I do feel like the Cubs are kind of getting off a little a little easy here because that's who he was working for when all this went down. Right. And it seems too like a like a an unnamed Cubs employee is mentioned in the article who was basically kind of trying to muscle this lady, you know, this poor woman, you know, trying to like coming to her as like I'm a friend and I just want to, you know, find out a little, you know, a couple of the of the basics of the story. Like I don't know. Are you going to sue? You know, like right. I'm here as a friend, but just curious. Are you going to sue my but player don't do or it. <laughs> I just curious. <laughs> <laughs> just two friends talking. Anyway, you wouldn't mind signing a quick NDA, would you? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Like that's unbelievable. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can't imagine this is the only time. Like with the the progression of it, how quickly he went to it. Yeah. Like it's it would be hard to imagine this is the first person that he crossed a line with, but we'll see. And I just, you I know, know I, I've sent I've sent a couple of texts, no pictures, just texts to girls, you know, in my younger days and then received no response to it and looked at my phone and and wondered like Oh, you know, what's going on here? Is this, you know, what's the deal? <laughs> Never once was I like, you know what? <laughs> Pants tent. That's going right. to get a response. <laughs> I bet. There we go. Aha! <laughs> right. You know what will revive this? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's just terrible. What's I don't think ESPN.com should have blurred the pictures. I think they should have forced us to look <laughs> and see what. This is what right. is happening. Yeah. And then too, I think he said it wasn't his actual penis. That was his defense. You False. know, I don't I don't know that it <laughs> makes it any better or matters. Well, if it makes you feel any better, 
wasn't actually. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, isn't the anything. natural follow-up question that to be? So when you searched dick pic on Google search, how many did you scroll through before you're like, right. that's, that's, <laughs> that's me. That's the one I want representing oh, me God. in this exchange. Like, oh, God. I just, I don't know, man. What's, what's, what's to be done? What's to be done about men and our place in society? And <laughs> yeah. whether we, we should be allowed to continue on our merry way or, you know. <laughs> right. Know. It's a problem. Men are a problem, I think. We're um, problematic, yes. We're a problem. Yeah. We're very, uh, well, you know, even look, you have a son. He's more right. He's more problematic problem. than your daughter, yeah. you know. Yeah, right. He's a problem. I don't know. I don't know. But you know, I'm glad at least they did do the right thing, and he's no longer working. And you know, God bless that guy. He's got a long road ahead of him. I mean, is he up on any? I guess no criminal charges. Yeah. He just, he just got fired. Like he'll probably get a job again in baseball, like five years. Or... Yeah. Whatever, yeah. and I hope the woman, you know, gets uh, get back in baseball. Like that's what's so sad, you know. It's like, yeah, you get, you know, she obviously had a cool job. You're trying to just like make your way in sports journalism, and then that happens, and you know, you're forced from the profession. It's terrible. Yeah, no, it's really awful. Again, it's not funny. Um, we're only laughing uh, to publicly shame a clear idiot. Right, right. A, a, just a problem human being. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, so that was a, a nice little, I guess, gift in our inboxes this morning. Just a little shenanigans. In yeah, the well, it's so office. funny. You know, we, we sometimes, we we always end this, like, with predictions <laughs> for the week. And literally last week, we had uh, an insurrection Yep. At the state capitol. Yes. Uh, James Harden trade. And, oh, yeah. A, and the penis. So it was uh, a big... We wouldn't even get any of those. We didn't predict any no. of that. Right. <laughs> 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 so I guess we can get into the biggest one for our purposes, which was the James Harden trade, probably. Okay. Let's do the James Harden trade. So uh, your thoughts, because I know you have a few. Um, I mean, you know, I think the Nets become maybe the least likable team ever assembled. Ever. Um, and, but, I, you know, I don't know. I feel like it's funny because there's been this, like, there was sort of a weird, like, wait, is this going to work? You know, which, which has happened with a lot of these big, when they put these big threes together or big players together, I feel like when Anthony Davis and LeBron got together, there was this weird skepticism and you're like, no, this is going to be amazing. And you've seen it with this, with these two. Um, I think it's more when the three of them are on the floor and whether they'll be able to play defense. And there's not enough time spent talking about how incredible it's going to be. Um, But it does seem to me that like Harden and Durant fit perfectly and it really is Kyrie who's kind of the only guy that, like, what's his role going to be? Um, I think, like, if it, I've heard a few people say this. Like, I don't think it would be that crazy for them to then look to deal Kyrie and see if you could get some depth and maybe, like, restock some of these first-round picks that you just, you know, you, you sent every first-round pick you ever had. Maybe you deal Kyrie for a couple and just some role players because I don't think you're going to, like, Harden and Durant are just a perfect fit. So now what is Kyrie's trade value then at this point? Like, because it's not just that he's not playing. It's just like, is does he even intend to play? And if so, when? Yeah, well, he's back. I mean, he practiced today. It sounds like he's going to be in their next game. Um, and, you know, it's definitely reduced from what it would have been, let's say, a couple months ago. But he's still so talented. There's so many teams in the league that are desperate for a player of his caliber. Like, and they don't need to get as much back for him as you would in a reg, you know, when right. you were looking to trade a player of that caliber, usually you need to get something amazing. They're looking actually for some depth for some, you know, defensive kind of specialists and, and maybe a draft pick or two. So they don't need to get like the type of haul that 
the Rockets just got for James Harden, like to me, it makes a lot of sense. I don't think it's like nuts. Yeah, no, they could sell below market value. but And I agree with you that a lot of these teams, they can't resist if a player that talent is there. The only thing that would worry me with him is that, you know, I, I guess I could see like, because he's such, you know, he's such a personality, like, what if they trade him somewhere he doesn't want to go? And I don't know the details of his contract, whether or not he has a no trade clause. But if he goes somewhere he doesn't want to go, I could, you know, and I think Matt said this in our group text, but like he could just retire or he could just be like, well, I'm not going to play or, you know, I'm not going to show up or I'm going to go to my sister's birthday party or whatever it is, you know, that he's been <laughs> up to over the last couple of days or weeks. Like, I guess that would be. The fear is like, yeah, I get you would go for if he was just an on court, like he's brilliant on the court and kind of a headache. If you're getting Boston Kyrie, then I feel like, you know, anyone in the league makes that trade. But his recent antics where it's like, oh, I could trade for this guy, be paying him all this money and he might just like ghost me for two weeks. That's where I feel like it gets a little bit more serious, where teams would actually get a little more afraid to to trade for him. I agree, but again, I just come back to like I don't think they need to get as much back as you normally would, and yeah. there's you just need one team out there who who's willing to take a shot and who thinks that we can sell them, you know, where we have this or that. Um. So you know, I don't know. I, I just like somebody's willing to do it. No, I mean, yeah, I think you're probably right about that, and I and I totally agree. Look, look, even if they don't trade him and they keep him, and all three guys are on the floor together, it's so funny how the instant reaction to this trade was really like, I don't know how they're gonna play together, and <laughs> right. oh, they got a big problem in Brooklyn. <laughs> they have a big problem. They have three <laughs> of the ten best players in the entire NBA. We have right. zero of the ten best right. players in the NBA. Like, I know, I know, I agree. It is like I don't think it's gonna be like it's always like, what are they going to, how are they going to defend anybody? How is anybody going to defend them? Right. Like, what do you mean? Like, they'll be fine. I would love to, maybe I'll, maybe I'll spend some time on this eventually, but look through like just generally the New York media and look at what were some things that the Knicks did where they thought to themselves, how are they ever going to make this work? And then look at this trade and the say and see which of the same people asked who's, how are they going to make this work? Like very different things. Yeah. You know, weird reaction to have. Yeah, I mean, you know, he doesn't take that much next to two players of that caliber. Um, that's what I mean. I can't think of two guys who are playing together who fit better than Harden and Durant, other aside from, like, maybe LeBron and, and Anthony Davis, where it's just a perfect fit. Um, you know, they really, like... Harden as the ball handler, you know, Durant doesn't have to have the ball in his hands like as much, you know, right. he's not. Um, so yeah. And they've looked awesome. <laughs> it's like two games. They played amazing, beat the bucks in a great game. Like, um, no, it kind of changed, you know, I mean, everything that was shaky about the Nets start and with Kyrie off doing God knows what, like, you know, they have certainly solved that problem. Like they are now the team. Everybody was afraid they were. Well, so too, what's how, what is the like right expectation to have for them, or what is the fair standard by which to judge them? Because my first reaction was a little bit like, you know, I think some of the criticism about, you know, how are they going to fit together and how they're going to play together, you know, they're obviously not talking about like how are they going to slap together wins or are they going to make the playoffs? Like that's not what people are questioning, right? Because yeah, it's yeah. just like. I think some of the first reactions to this was, well, I don't think this trade guarantees them a spot in the finals. And right. it's like, well, it's really hard to get to the finals. <laughs> like, I don't think it guarantees them that either, but I don't necessarily even think that that's like means the trade is bad. Yeah, I hear you. I guess it's just because they did literally give away every single first round pick they have for the rest of like the decade, I guess. Yeah. So... And if you don't make the finals, like then it is kind of a um, and it's not like this is like from a fan perspective, the most relatable team, you know, it's definitely like these are mercenary. This is a mercenary situation. So if you don't get the winning that you're expecting, it's sort of a it'll be even more of a drag, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think. Like. In the, I mean, they, you know, are they not the favorites in the East probably right now? Like, how would they not be? Yeah, they should be. 
I, who, they should who, be right. Right. Like I know people are probably going to want to say what Philly or Philly. Like how could they defend the Philly would be, you know, and I, I mean, Philly has got to be like, Oh, you know, uh, like them getting hardened would have been a great move too. And it sounded like they thought they were pretty close. Yeah. Um, and that would have probably put them, you know, in the pole position. Um, you know, there's kind of like, it, it's cause Harden like is a weird player and they've played such a weird style with him, but I you almost feel like people are underrating how insanely good he is, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> and putting him with Durant, it's like, Oh my God. I know. And that's the thing too. People, well, James Harden, he'll get you regular season wins. He's going to score points. Like, Okay, even if that assessment is fair, and I think that's not totally fair, but even if that assessment is fair, like, okay, James Harden will get you the regular season wins. Kevin Durant will get you the postseason wins. While yeah, James yeah. Harden is still on the floor lurking <laughs> right. somewhere. Right. No, and I mean, it's definitely possible that, like, I'm not here saying, like, they have to get rid of Kyrie or must trade him. Like, it's definitely possible when he comes back, they're just making, like, sweet, beautiful music together every night. Yeah. Um but I do think he's enough of a wild card with whatever's going on with him, um, you know, that I would explore it. But it's definitely possible that that works out beautifully, too. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I definitely think so. I just think it's so funny that the, like so much of the first reaction to this trade is like, they're crazy. Like, they're crazy. <laughs> they're crazy. Right? You're crazy. I know. Yeah, no, it's true. Especially from, like, you're hearing it from Knicks fans who are like, you know know, they're not trying to figure out you know how many minutes elver payton and emmanuel quickly should play you know they're talking about like who were the right bench players to like fill out james harden kyrie irving and kevin durant those are very different those are not uh those are differences of kind not degree you know and also people talking about how, like, you know, they don't have a lot of defense. How are they going to defend anybody? Like, you know, part of defending people is is that the, whoever they're defending is going to have to score, like, 200 points. Because yeah. they are going to score at will. So, like, I don't know. I just sort of feel like your defense doesn't have to be as tough when you know you can score constantly. Like, no one will prevent yeah. you from scoring any time down the floor. Yeah, and it's demoralizing when you can't stop a team, like, on yeah. that level, you know? And then that, that affects your offense, like, when you just cannot keep up with them on one end. Right. So, you know, I and you can always – you can. it's definitely probably easier to find some defensive guys to plug in there than it is to find three guys as good as they are. Yeah. So they're going to win a lot of games. They're going to be a nightmare um it's a problem yeah but and yet it's not really a problem for the knicks because nobody cares nobody cares about the nets it's crazy yeah. you said what was that tweet you sent what was the what was their uh what were their ratings on yes yeah i mean i think it was the first hardened game doubled what they had been averaging but it was aver- they had been averaging like seventy thousand fans in the in the new york area of viewers for their games and it doubled which is t- you know to then what's like an okay number for this, for a regional sports network, but not like a, not a super number by any stretch. So, yeah, I mean, it's amazing how little it's moved the needle. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. I you mean, know, it's right. hard, man. Why? Like, it's hard to like get new fans, you know, like yeah. people are fans of something. There's, it's, you gotta be good for a while. Like it's gotta be, you know, like, right. People have to grow up liking you. Yeah, yeah. It takes like generations to really build a fan base and the Nets have never done it. And it's not going to happen overnight, even with, you know, as exciting as these guys are. I don't don't think it's going to. I mean, it is amazing. It's still a lot more talk about like Julius Randle, Emmanuel Quickly. I know. (laughs) There it is. And I don't maybe that's just us because we're Knicks fans feeling that way. But I mean, I, you know, I follow Twitter and the back pages and like it definitely feels that way. Well, yeah, and I think it's like a novelty, too. I mean, we're a novelty of a different sort. It's like, hey, the Knicks might not suck, and it's because they were kind of, like, not stupid. Yeah. (laughs) Right. They did, like, a smart thing and drafted a guy that other people didn't think was good, who is good. Yeah, that's that's new for us. Yeah, it's definitely definitely a man bites dog (laughs) twist on the Knicks for sure. Do we, so do we want to transition into the Knicks now? Sure. 
All right, but, but before we do that, Brian, you are listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent listener-supported radio. Go. Well, I was just going to say, like, it's so funny how different this conversation would have been if the last two games hadn't gone the way they did. You know, I mean, the Knicks at one point were five and eight, looking going to play Boston in Boston. Looks like they're going to go five and nine. Everything, I mean, just felt like the wheels were absolutely coming off. You know. <laughs> Um, but then they blow out Boston. I know there was no Jason Tatum, but I don't care who's out there. You win by 30 points. It's a big deal. Then I thought the Orlando win, Orlando played terrible, but it was kind of a gritty win by us. Right. It was the kind of game we would have lost in past years. So now they're seven and eight and you know, they're, they got a big week coming up where they got three winnable games in a row. Um, you know, I mean, it's exciting what the Knicks are doing. You know, I mean, it's all really tenuous and they're going to have a million tough decisions to make as we go along here. Like, what is Julius Randle a real part of this future or is this just, you know, get what you can out of him? Is RJ Barrett, is this, is he emerging as a cornerstone player that we're going to build around or is he playing well enough that he's a guy that maybe we're going to throw, now we're going to be able to trade for a star you know, they're going to have a million of those kind of decisions to make. And, and I don't know the answer, but I feel like it's at least fun. Well, right. I mean, this is the first time I feel like we've had decisions to make in forever. Or just like the decisions are like, how many power forwards is too many power forwards? Right. Or how the hell are we going to fill out this roster? Because no one wants to play here. Like these yeah. are finally fun decisions. Now, I actually, so you were, I didn't realize that you were in, kind of a panic spiral in this last five game skid by the Knicks you know our friend of the program Matthew who was our guest a couple of weeks ago he always wears his emotions on his sleeve as do I and so I knew that he was in a death spiral during the five game losing streak I didn't quite realize how on the brink you were until we pulled out that win against the magic yesterday (laughs) I was despondent with with that five game losing streak like absolutely despondent um (laughs) <laughs> when they were five and three, like I didn't think they were like a contender, but I had felt like we reached a place where I was like, we're good. We're pretty good. Like, I'm not going to I'm not going to get humiliated here. I, not, maybe not even pretty good, but like we don't suck. I thought this season was going to be fun, entertaining. I thought they would hang around. So then I'm like, oh, my God, we've lost five in a row. I'm thinking, what if we win? If we lose. 10 in a row or something. We're talking 5 and 15. And it's like, God, everybody stinks. RJ was playing so bad. Oh, so bad. Quickly looked bad. You know, he had a couple really bad games. You're just like, oh, this was all just like a nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) Just a mirage, like to to an extent that is even like too depressing to deal with. Um, So I'm encouraged by by what has happened that both Quickly and RJ really responded to those depths. Played really well for about four games in a row. Um, Obi's come back and looked frisky, um, which is encouraging. Mitch, I'm really confident, has really turned a corner. I think he's going to be a really good player. Mitch is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I he's love him. hard, you know, like he's really good. And he just, we always have a second chance on any shot that goes up. It always feels yeah. like we have a second chance, which is amazing. And it must be so yeah. like intimidating for, for uh, defenses you know, it's probably slowing him down on a fast break. Like, thank God for him. Yeah. I want to I, I want to make the playoffs. I, I think this team should make the playoffs or be in the mix for it. And I, I want to make it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, all right. First, I just think that I just wanted to say, you know, and I'm always somehow I always end up the contrarian in our Knicks group chat. And it's really just more I – I do think, so I guess emotionally what I'm responding to is I'm still, despite your request to get punched in the face with you, <laughs> I, I, you know, I wasn't like this, but I think I was still like this, you yeah, know, yeah. When, when the skid started, but also, so that's the emotional reaction. I just wasn't like too stunned just because not even from anything I saw, but just because I was so nervous about how this could all go wrong. But then I, I guess also too, in a more rational sense, like it makes sense. We're, ex- we're a very young team. And so yeah. like, if anything, we're going to be a little inconsistent. 
you know? And so you're going to have these guys that are going to have these wild swings and be really up and down for a stretch. And that's kind of how we are because it's crazy. You lose five games in a row and beat the Celtics by 30 yeah, and like (laughs) fight to the death with Orlando. Yeah. Who's now lost six in a row. Like that was their sixth straight loss. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, we're super up and down. Um, Yeah. I feel like it's like you, one, you're more, you have Thibodeau as penciled in as like a proven commodity and I do as well, but I've been a little like the, like in the same way we kind of talked about some stuff like Daniel Jones's fumbles that you didn't put stock into. And then it became a problem. Like I didn't, I really did not buy these reputations of Tibbs of like playing guys too many minutes and, Oh, he's not going to play the young guys, you know? And like, but that stuff has like, clearly been a pattern here and i don't even it's not even a criticism because there's definitely been times where it's like what can he do like they were shorthanded and like who's he gonna play but he's still playing the start the the best players a ton of minutes and like he has been slow to like you know give quickly the the type of minutes i think he deserves like against orlando you know i thought obi toppin had like one bad possession and he benched him the whole game and like (laughs) i get taking him out of the game when you when you see a defensive lapse to like send a message but like you know i don't see any reason why he he only played nine minutes in that game when there was some stretches where we really needed offense so and we were really struggling to score that was weird to me you know like i think he's not letting you know like bullock over Knox. i get because of the defense and i'm sure Knox is a little exasperating on the other hand you know he's been better he you know he's really shooting well from outside like he, he he's not showing those guys, those young guys, the same patience he's showing some of these veteran players. So, so some of those issues to me are like that. I was like, sure, we're not issues. Are, you're seeing. So what do you think is like you? If you could be inside of Tibbs's head, why do you think is behind Peyton and Bullock still starting over? quickly and Knox right now I think it's defense and I think it's like the the trying to set the tone of you know you have to play defense well to play and he's not going to tolerate defensive lapses and you're not going to like see the floor if that's and, and look I mean again I'm not criticizing him because he's done a great job the Knicks are like one of the best defensive teams in the NBA right now statistically which is like incredible and absurd and you have to give him a lot of credit for it and he's done a good job like the Knicks I'm not sitting here being like they could be what maybe they could be eight and seven you know there's their record could not be much better than it is like who would have ever guessed they would be seven and eight at this point like nobody nobody so I'm not criticizing him but um it's just some of those things like I get the whole that what he's doing there, but like I guess where I was getting frustrated is like I think this team is pretty decent, so I'm not giving him as much credit as maybe other people are, because I think it's a pretty it's you know there's some talent there, right? No, and I think you're right. I think that like, that, that there is talent, and and I don't even think he's pulling a magic trick exactly i just trust that like i don't think that it'll be april and if we're in a playoff hunt and it's just so obvious they quickly should be starting over peyton that by april that won't be happening um do you what do you think about my my little pet theory that he starts off the game with peyton in the starting lineup because he knows he's going to play julius a ton of minutes and when he gets uh, Austin Rivers and quickly and knocks in there, like the pace picks up pretty significantly. That's definitely possible. But like, I, I don't know. That's, you know, like then play him less. Or, I mean, look, I think Obi coming back is going to help. Yeah, he that's can give big. Julius some spells. And, uh, you know, again, I don't I don't even dislike pace as much as people like people were like, he shouldn't play. He stinks. The thing he can do that he can score. Yeah. Sometimes. Like yeah. he has to play. And um the 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 thing that was frustrating for I'm sorry, you, you cut you, you cut up there a little bit. Away, you know? Okay. Well I was saying is like the the reason I was getting so frustrated about Tibbs is like the season was crazy. Yeah. Uh 
All right, let's take a little break as Brian uh, kind of talks about the season cratering. Uh, Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. As it has been so many, as it has been for so many of us in 2020, a difficult year. Uh, every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. Please help by pledging whatever you can. RFB is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or a one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. All right, Brian, so we got a little bit cut off, but I'm pretty sure your point was simply that it seemed like we were in a death spiral and you thought that it was time to just start throwing the kitchen sink at the problem to make sure we didn't uh, just go down entirely. Yeah, like just like you couldn't keep doing the same thing you were doing. You, we were in a desperate moment. That's where it was like frustrating that like, hey, we have this guy quickly. He could maybe turn this ship around like we need to do something here. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't we can't go to like five and ten, five and fifteen. I can't live through it again. You know, like <laughs> we, <laughs> this team's not that bad. Like I know it could be OK. We got to do something. That was where I was coming from. Right, right. I think we're going to be okay. Like you said, I mean, Peyton is fine, right? He get he scores, he gets into the paint, he collapses the defense. But it's also, you're right, like our defense has been so good. If we could just be okay offensively. Yeah. Why are we not okay yet? All the time. We got to be okay all the time. Yeah, well, you know, we've, we're definitely getting there. I mean, RJ's really turned it around, and he's the key. And when he's good, we're good. And he's, you know, he's really coming along. Like, he's... Yeah. He's putting it together. Yeah, he he is. And I feel like, too, Knox... Like, is, is Knox better off the bench, you think? Or he should be in the starting lineup, too, you think? I would, I would, I'm fine with him off the bench. I might have started him, like, one of those games just to be like, we needed a spark, I thought. That was sort of, like, what it, it seemed like. Like, maybe we need something to change. Um, Bullock has really not played great this year. Um even though I don't think he's a bad player either, but he just has, he's just been struggling and, and Knox has been shooting so well from the three pointer. And like, we've been so desperate for scoring. It just felt like, Hey, maybe we should just do this, but I'm okay with him coming off the bench. Yeah. All right. So when, even now, when you said you thought we could and should make the playoffs in my head, I was like, Ryan told a very funny joke. I wrote it in my <laughs> journal, but <laughs> so let's see. We're never going to jump the Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, Pacers, Nets, and that's who's above us right now. We're currently the sixth seed if the, if the season ended today. Yes, um, I know. So the bottom, the bottom group here, or the, I guess like the group that should make us nervous at this point are Cavs, Hawks, Magic, Charlotte, and uh, the Heat are weirdly sitting there at five and seven. And I don't think that's going to remain the whole year yeah no the teams that i'm scared of are the heat and washington potentially and i guess yeah. atlanta um those teams yeah. figuring it out right those other teams i don't you know like again i think we're better than yeah so all we have to do is finish better than one of atlanta washington or uh miami that's it correct okay and we already have a win this year over atlanta we do yeah so i yeah I guess it's not a funny joke. Joke's on me, Brian. <laughs> I think it's possible. I would like to be like the sixth seed. I really do. Like, I think this team and this team might improve as this year goes along. Like, But I mean, and I hate to complain about such like such a gift from the heavens that I never would have thought the Knicks could have possibly been a playoff team this year. So I don't want to be ungrateful to the karma gods. But like. We were horrendous for God knows how long, always getting weird draft picks. Now this draft is loaded. So it seems like even if we have a bad lottery, we're still going to get somebody good. And then we're just going to make the playoffs. (laughs) And then then what? (laughs) You know, and then be good. And then look, like like we said, like we started this off, they're going to have some really difficult decisions to make. But they have... There's yeah. pathways to good. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of different routes to, to being good here. Yeah, that's um, 
I'm excited for the Knicks. I'm really excited. I like I've been I've been living and dying. I haven't watched the Knicks like this in years. Oh, my I- wife is like going crazy, but I'm like I'm I mean I'm absolutely glued to it. I'm pacing the room like I'm just a mess during these games. Absolutely, I haven't I haven't taped and watched a Knicks game right. perhaps since the advent of DVR. I don't know that since <laughs> DVR has been an available technology, I've ever taped a Knicks game and then watched the whole thing later. Right. Yeah. I'm, I see. I'm like sold on RJ too. I'm like, I've, I'm, I'm in it with him. I'm riding the wave with him. I like, I like him. I would really like for him to be good. So I like every one of his jump shots. I think you said it. It's like you hold your like, I just, I feel like all of my future happiness rests in the outcome. <laughs> every time he pulls up for a jump shot, it's like watching it. They're all going slow motion and it's like, please go in, you know? There's too many Knicks that give me that feeling. There's too yeah, many of true. them. Obi, RJ, yeah. Knox. Even though Knox's go in, it's still, it's just like, God, I want you to be just like a useful player. Just, it has to go in every time. I know. Because we have so many guys that if they don't pan out, this all is a disaster. <laughs> right. But, you know, apart like they're, they're improving. Like, they're, 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 it's been fun. And I, I hope it keeps up. It would, yeah, just like. I mean, that's why that five game losing streak was just, I was just so depressed. It's like, I can't, I can't go backwards. Yeah. Well, listen, Brian, hold on to your seats because I think we are going to face more adversity as the year goes on. We're going to, you know, we're going to dip again. um, And we just have to weather the storm. Don't panic. (laughs) That's, that's my first rule in life is don't panic. Right. (laughs) That's what's the code that I live by. I'm not a panicker. (laughs) <laughs> right you've always been even keel <laughs> i mean there was a time where uh, a smoke got a little out of control up at your cabin in the catskills may or may not have thrown my wife to the floor and ran out of the right. house it's, it's... <laughs> right i think she did hit the ground <laughs> okay let me get to an ad here real quick And I just want to tell our listeners that if you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone and Android, available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. Uh, Any more Knicks points or should we move on to a weekend full of football? Yeah, let's let's go to the football. So what are your thoughts, Brian, on the fumble out the end zone rule? I hate it. I don't I don't even get it. Why is it so punitive? I like it. Why? I What's I about it. It just it's so funny to me. It's just I don't know, it's like a like a it's like getting it's like you used to play a video game and you got like this much life yet left and you finally right. you think you've gotten to the end of the <laughs> level and then like some surprise thing that you didn't know was going to happen you're like, "Oh, I've never made it past here. Thank God. Oh, come on." You know? Like, yeah, I guess. I just don't see how you can justify if that ball goes out in front of the pylon, you get it at the one yard line. But if it goes in the end zone, you lose the ball completely <laughs> and the other team gets it at the 20. How is that? I don't get it. Well, so where, I guess, right. I guess I was going to say, well, if it goes out the end zone and the team keeps possession, where do you spot the ball? But I guess you can't advance the ball on a fumble anyway like or you understand right. what I, mean, I mean i don't think it should be a touchdown like why don't you just get no, it no it wouldn't be a touchdown you it. yeah yeah i don't know but i i do i i like the video game aspect of it where it's right. just like the just momentum shift of it yeah the and look dramatic. it's it's a known rule and has been for quite some time like cleveland can complain all they want it's it's the rule everybody knows it yeah, no, it happened, and it's a thing that happens in football, and it's happened before, and yeah, it's I, I, I just it seems so punishing. Um, I guess it was nice that it happened to Cleveland. Yes, but <laughs> and I was fine with that, but I, I don't love the rule. I love I love Cleveland getting a gut punch, and see, this is why we have rules like this. So that Cleveland can get a gut punch on a Saturday afternoon. Why else do you have a rule like that? Right. I mean, that's like almost what it seems like, though. It just feels like the rule is there to like 
torture people. Yes, that's what I enjoy about it. It's not – I'm not arguing that there's logic behind the rule. I'm not saying, like, no, it actually makes sense because when you think about this, like, I'm not trying to, to argue any of it. I'm saying I like how spicy it is. That like, Yeah, that's it, true. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's like this, this trap awaiting you in the game. and It happens right. so it's- infrequently, and what it does, and you fall into it, you're like, Ugh! Oh yeah, <laughs> that's true. I'll give you that. That's a that's the best argument in its favor I've ever heard. Is yeah, it's exciting. Like no, yeah, right? <laughs> like, it's like... just like yes, 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 yes. No, because <laughs> that was devastating. I've essentially cost them the game. Oh, absolutely cost them the game. It's brutal. I was right at the end of the half. I mean, it couldn't have been worse. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> Oh, man. They could have gone into the half only down six, and then Mahomes gets hurt in the third quarter. <laughs> now you really got yeah. something going. Uh, uh, and let's get to that that injury. So uh, Patrick Mahomes in, inexplicably just running speed option like he's in Darien High School circa 1998 and, like, <laughs> just gets – so I heard – this was sort of interesting – because, look, I think we, we know enough by, uh, now about concussions where it's like it doesn't necessarily have to look like it happened for it to happen. And Jay Glazer, who I have almost no respect for, was saying, though, <laughs> after, after the game that uh, it looked like because of – you know how he got tackled and it's like, oh, it's possible that his head hit the ground, but it sort of looked like the D lineman had him by the back of the helmet almost and his head was like twisted really weird. Like, do you would you buy it if if the Chiefs came out and said it's like what actually happened was he was like kind of getting choked and just like the way that his head was, he wasn't getting oxygen. And so he got up woozy because he was like almost like unconscious from getting choked out briefly. That's funny. That's what I said uh, when it was happening. It looked like that might have been what and then he like got up too fast or something and it was more like a lightheadedness. But then he, he did leave the game. I mean, they did call it a concussion, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, I guess so. But I don't know. I don't know what their level of caution is. I mean, I guess the nice thing is, is that the NFL is clearly such an organization of integrity, much like the New York Mets, that I'm sure (laughs) that if we see Patrick Mahomes out there playing next week, that he's clearly cleared the concussion protocol and he's perfectly okay and available to play. The protocol. You know, (laughs) the concussion protocols, much like the COVID protocols, are nonsense. Like, it is – anytime you hear somebody using the word protocols – it is an artifice that has been set up to create an illusion of safety and security. Right. Like, <laughs> that nothing is being prevented. Head injuries are happening all the time. Like, it's all theater as far as I'm concerned. But the blue so tent. I don't know if he'll play or not. <laughs> but I don't buy I don't trust the protocols. <laughs> <laughs> so you think we have protocols. that the blue tent is not a legitimate medical facility? No, I don't. I don't. I don't know what's in there. I'm sure there's, you know, very sophisticated machines. But yeah, maybe a a few coronavirus vaccines just like around. Right. Which is really what I'm saying is like he should just play. Like stop it. He's gonna get CTE almost certainly. Right. (laughs) No matter what he does, and it's a very important game. So let's, you know, put the protocols aside. No, I, I don't mean that. You know, it's dangerous. <laughs> and they should, they should, you know, they're, it's a very serious injury. Right. Um, I hope they take it very seriously. But it's also a little bit baloney anyway. I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. You know what I mean? Like concussions, they don't even know if it is the thing with CTE. Like it's a very dangerous sport. Like, I don't know. Well, what's funny is like I'm all for uh, most of – or, or, or more or less all of the safety measures that have been put in place in football, I don't think it's becoming touch football. And I even, like, I get just as frustrated as any other fan in the world, but I understand the the targeting rules, even in college, where guys get ejected. Like, look, it cost, us, cost Ohio State the game against Clemson two years ago when Sean Wade got kicked out for targeting on Trevor Lawrence, and then that was sort of what sparked that comeback. So... Like, I'll get as frustrated as anybody else, but I don't really have any problems with safety measures being put in place. But with that said, it's like it's football will never be safe. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, I think it's good. I get where they're coming from. But, like, do you think any of these things will meaningful, meaningfully make the game safer? Like, do you think we've reduced the amount of 
brain disease that these guys will suffer by even a, a percentage point, multiple percentage points. Like, you know, maybe not the current crop of players that are in the NFL. Uh, you know, maybe like today's youth football players will have had less wear and tear generally on their on their you know brains over the. Uh, you know, the course of their youth and, and college careers and then into the NFL. Like, I think it could end up making a difference. But, of course, I don't understand any of that. Like, yeah, I mean, I'd be curious. Maybe side. it will. I mean, who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. But it does. Right. It's, sometimes it just seems like theater of the absurd. Oh, I mean, it is theater. Like, the Blue Ten yeah. is theater. It's like, like oh, yeah. he's in the Blue Ten. Yeah. What's going on in there? What are they doing? Well, we'll see. I mean, you know, if he doesn't play, that would show you they're definitely taking it pretty seriously. I don't even – do you think he's going to play? Yeah, I think he's going to play. would be a bummer. It would. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I think he's going to play. But him leaving this game gifted us Chad Henney. Uh, Chad Henney. Last seen in a big game when Ohio State played Michigan 1 versus 2 in 2006. I think it's the last time Chad Henney was in like an important football game. Uh, right. But we got to see an incredibly exciting final sequence that ended in the most anti-Joe Judge play of all time. The fake not play. That's true. Yeah. The fake draw them off sides, but not draw them off sides. Go for it. Play. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole sequence of events was incredible because Henny breaks off this run and you can't help but think like if this is Mahomes, this is a guaranteed first down, but this is Chad Henny and anything is on the table. Yeah. He dives for it like down on a downward trajectory. Right. Romo loses his mind. He's never been so excited. Yeah. He doesn't make it. So then they line up, and even Romo is like, they're not running a play. I'm surprised. Why is he in shotgun? That's And then, boom, he's off and running. It is the anti-Joe Judge move. And, my God, what a great play. What a great call, yeah. And I hope it's a sea change, man. He's got these coaches. I'm getting so tired of watching these games in the fourth down. Like, yeah, go for it. Like, do you want to punt it and let you have to sit there and watch Baker Mayfield potentially bring the team down the field or you want to win the game right here and just get two yards right right when you still have like i don't know at least the two best players in the entire game are still on the field for you in kelsey and and tyreek hill right it was a great call I mean, great play great decision it was like everything was great about it yeah and look hats off chad henny you put it right where it had to be yeah true yeah he executed it he did yeah. it yeah yeah and I actually, I was reading, I can't remember who I was reading, but I did read about, um, uh, it was like Be Enemy's Call. Oh, really? It's his play? Yeah. Yeah. Andy Reid, of course, makes the decision they're going for it, but then Be Enemy was like, this is the play. Wow. That was a good, that's a hell of a call. Yeah. Um, Too bad he won't get a job. But <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> too bad he won't get it or too bad like the texans will hire him and then deshaun watson will leave anyway and he'll yeah, just be yeah. stuck with a horrendous team right what uh what was your you have any other takeaways from the games like uh the saints was kind of sad it was sad drew breezes kind of last hurrah it's too bad to see him go out like that and both quarterbacks like barely threw for 100 yards right like yeah, Brady was a little bit better, right? Yeah, he was a little bit better. But I think around the end of the third quarter, both quarterbacks were hovering around 100 yards passing. And it was like, geez. Yeah. You know, Brady, though, it, I, you know, I said, touched on it last week. Like, yeah. not to, like, discredit Belichick or anything that he brought. And he's still a genius coach and all of that. But it seems really clear to me that the Patriots' way is a lot of, is mostly tom brady it was the brady the culture, way yeah the culture like just the the culture change of that tampa bay team the way they play like you can just see it like the impact he's had there i mean this he's in the nfc championship game he's been there 14 times i know i mean goes to this franchise has no history even, right. you know, I know they have a lot of talent there but they went like seven and nine last year i mean and right. here they've they never been to this spot Right. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's just incredible. Yeah. No, it it really is. He is something. Uh, right. It doesn't matter how well he played or how well he didn't play. He's in this game. And the past And that whole thing though about this just the culture, the guys come in and they and they buy in. Like Antonio Brown is 
you know, right. doing all the right thing. Like, it's just, yeah, like everybody just, you know, is pulling their weight. Leonard Fournette not causing any problems. Like, yeah. it, he sets that tone. And every and that's what allowed Belichick to then right because he's not a maybe not a great leader of men and all that like he's great at the X's and O's yeah and Tom Brady was the guy that set that culture like I mean it just seems hard to believe like to deny that at this point that 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 is I mean you just say they exude it absolutely Belichick's still a great coach but Brady was the Pats that's I think you're blind the Patriots way yeah is the Brady way yeah I agree that's well said no doubt about it. So let me ask you this, because this is another thought I had, and I can't tell if this is actually astute of me or just insanely silly. But I I was watching Bills Ravens the other night, and I couldn't help but thinking, like, offensively, is there much of a difference between the Ravens and the Giants, but for Lamar versus Daniel Jones? Like, what weapons they have, like. Their line is very shaky in pass protection. They could run the ball okay, but the line is very shaky in pass protection. You know, I like J.K. Dobbins, and I think their running backs are pretty talented. But, you know, if Saquon's healthy, like, that boosts the talent of that unit on our team. And then you're looking at, like, who's our best receiver? Sterling Shepard versus Hollywood Brown? Like, there's not a big difference aside from the coordinators and the quarterback between us and the Ravens. Is that crazy? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think their running backs are a lot better. I think they, they, they have a real tight end who's a very good tight end. The where tight we have end. A fake tight end. Well, right, yeah. But I mean, just I mean, like. I think Hollywood Brown is better, is a better receiver than anybody we have. Like, um, more of a legitimate weapon. And then Lamar, Lamar Jackson's, yeah, a lot better than Daniel Jones. No, right. Sure. And I yeah. think that's just, that's my <laughs> point. It's like just the disappointment I have of. Lamar Jackson versus Daniel Jones, because I don't think, I guess my point is I don't think Lamar is working with many more weapons than Daniel Jones right. was. And I don't think Greg Roman is coaching with with, well, he has Lamar, but I just don't think Lamar has much more going for him than Daniel Jones does in terms of weaponry, like skill. He yeah. has a lot more skill, right? Is that wild? Is that just a little off the mark? Am I reaching? I mean, I, I mean, I think they're, they have two good running backs who are real good, you know. I mean, and they they've lost Mark Ingram, and they still have two really solid. Like we don't have any, we don't have a single running back as good as J.K. Dobbins is. Well, Saquon when he's healthy, like when we get him back and he's healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah but we don't ha- we didn't have him all year. Like. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. And again, I I do think their tight end is significantly better than Evan Ingram is. Well, right. I don't know who who their other wide receivers. I guess that's fair. They don't have like a ton of great wide receivers, but they also don't have a great passing game. Well, yeah, but is that because, I mean, Lamar gets, gets, you know, he gets shit on for being so limited, but I don't know. Who, who is he throwing to? Yeah. I, I think that's fair. I think that's probably part of why he has to, they have to rely on their running game, but their running game is like genuinely really strong. Like, you know, it's a, it's a different league than what we have. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And I was sort of saying, it, like, thinking about our roster, not not the season necessarily that just played out, but our kind of our roster overall, uh, adding Saquon to the mix. Um, like, I think if you put Daniel Jones on the Ravens, they're not nearly as good, obviously, as they are with Lamar Jackson. But that, that's a better – they would be a better offense than we had this year. Oh, no doubt about it. Also, they don't have Jason Garrett coaching their offense. All right, everybody. (laughs) Thanks thanks for listening to the radio show, Radio Free Brooklyn. Follow us on social. You can download us and watch us on YouTube on Saturdays. Welcome to bonus time, Brian. (laughs) Um, Do we want to get into some Jets banter? I do feel like we do have a couple Jets fans that listen to the show. Maybe one. Okay. But So maybe we should save... (laughs) Maybe we should save the trade speculation until next week uh, sure. for the Jets. Um, but uh, so what do you got for us in bonus time, Brian? Any predictions for tomorrow is the inauguration. Yeah. I mean, I want to ask you because I've been polling everybody. You know, last time we, we did our predictions, neither of us predicted a siege at the Capitol. That's true. <laughs> um, neither of us predicted a Capitol police officer being bludgeoned to death with a fire extinguisher, which is a, a, a level of violence for a death that I feel like nobody's quite right. reckoning with. Or, right. No um, way. 
do you think tomorrow, is it a more normal, quieter inauguration than maybe we're expecting? Or is it chaos? It's a really good question. And I guess in order to answer it, well, I think that there is going to be lots of attempted chaos. I think that that there is agents of chaos that are ready to strike. My only thing is, is that I do feel like no one was fully prepared for what happened. Although then again, I guess I don't know. I, I, I guess they, they did. They probably knew more than we realized about what could happen at the Capitol on January 6th. They but, should have anyway. Yeah. But I think that there were some people internally that were, you know, making some, some moves ahead of time to minimize the resistance to that that violence. Whereas I think this time we'll be a little bit more prepared for something like that to happen. And so it'll make it a lot harder for something like that to happen. But I don't think if, if there's no violence tomorrow and I'm hoping there is no violence, but if there's no violence tomorrow, I think it will not be because there aren't people out there attempting violence. I think it'll just be because we got out ahead of it and squashed it before it could get out of hand. Because there's been like 15,000 troops there basically all week now at this point. Right. And even those troops are getting vetted now because apparently. Yeah, they pulled like a dozen of them out of them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But so I do sort of think that tomorrow will go relatively normally and relatively smoothly unless like it's so hard to tell. I don't understand. Like what is a militia? Like how dangerous i mean they're obviously dangerous because they're willing to take it as far as they can take it but like how organized are they how well trained are they like i don't know are they gonna look are they gonna kind of survey the landscape and say like okay all this protection is in washington and maybe some of these blue state capitals are are protected but there's got to be a vulnerability somewhere in america let's just go there instead I don't know. It's funny. Everybody I talk to seemingly is on the like, it's going to be more normal than we than you might have expected. And I just keep being like, why? Right. <laughs> Last week, they erected a gallows outside the Capitol. And but for a bit of luck, like Mike Pence would have been hanging from it. You know, like, I, I don't know that. I don't know why I should expect. Um, like, why wouldn't I expect that we might wake up tomorrow and 10 different state capitals have been overrun and there's, you know, they're being occupied by mobs. I, I don't know. It seems totally possible to me. It's a hundred percent possible. They, I'm yeah. not, I'm, I think the only way things like that aren't going to happen tomorrow is because the U S government and the military and our intelligence agencies were far more prepared for this, but it's yeah. not because people aren't trying to get that done. And I think, frankly, as long as Donald Trump is alive, and I am not publicly advocating for any sort of violence against Donald Trump personally, but I'm just saying, like, he's an old man is what I'm saying. But I'm just saying for, like, however old he is, like, for as long as he's still alive, this risk is out there. And you should never underestimate how far he's willing to, to take it or to let it go. Yeah. I'm so curious what he does tomorrow. Does he just get do his little event in the morning and get on a plane or like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't I know don't. Well, he's, you know, he had the Mr. Pillow guy in there p- pitching him a plan for declaring martial law and everybody's just kind of cackling about it. But like, what, why did he take that meeting? What did he, what did he take away from that meeting that this guy's a crank and he doesn't like, listen to him or like, maybe that's a good idea. I don't know. Right. Well, he took away a bust of Lincoln, or didn't he take some? Was he seen taking something out of the White House? Yeah, there was a bust of Lincoln. Yeah, we got to count the silverware in there. (laughs) You know what I mean? Definitely count the paintings. Like, yeah, like, where? Definitely. Yeah. The towels. No, you're. Shampoo bottles. You're so right. I didn't even think about that, where. Like the inauguration probably isn't even the main event tomorrow. It's it's the undercard. Is what will Trump leaving be like? Is he gonna leave? Is he gonna be like, psych? I'm staying. <laughs> Runs does he back just in. Slink away. Yeah. I don't, does he try something? Like, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. I hope it's quiet and I hope it's normal. Um, are they? I mean, is Biden gonna get out there and do the speech? This like, is it? Is it going to be outdoor event? Like I believe like so. Is? 
Yeah, you know? I don't think it's gonna be a lot of people there. So I want to ask you though, what what do you think of, is like? Do you think there's gonna be violence? And then what if you had to, um, just sort of aggregate the polling that you've done? What is the what what is your your sampling think is the most likely outcome tomorrow? Most people think I, I, uh, that I've been asking are saying more normal than you would expect. That it's actually like we have a relatively normal inauguration day tomorrow. Um, and I don't know. I don't know that that's true. No, I think that's <laughs> deeply naive. Right. I. You're just like, what is he going to do? And it's like, well, what has he done so far? Like he sent a mob right. <laughs> into the Capitol right. to murder his vice president. I, what? <laughs> I didn't see that coming. You know? Right. Um, so what why is he, does that not happen? What has he handled normally? It's the question. Yeah. And he never did concede. Like people were like, no, he's going to trust me. It's going to be. No, never, never. (laughs) They've never admitted that, you know, like it, 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 he took it as far as it could possibly be taken. Why is he going to back down at the last possible second? Yeah. I mean, look, even if you just casually rattled off the top of your head, five things, you know, Trump has done. Like, if you even said five insane things, like there would still be so many more. You wouldn't even be scratching the surface of it. Yeah. Like yeah. the biggest things that come to mind to me are bringing women that Bill Clinton had affairs with to a debate against Hillary Clinton. <laughs> right. Like in the most WWF move of all time. Right, right. Like to sit in the front row. He, that was early. Started right. with that. Uh, recommended that we all inject bleach into ourselves. Right. You yeah, know. That was a good one sent a mob to murder his vice president by hanging. <laughs> right. Declared himself the winner of an election he did not win. Right. And uh, tear-gassed protesters so that he could go hold a Bible upside down in front of a church and not really know what else to do there. Like, yeah. those five things alone are the five craziest things that have happened in my life. Maybe save for 9-11. I can't yeah, think yeah. of a crazier incident than those five things. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just could see something happening there tomorrow. I, like, I know they got the troops there, and maybe that will dissuade. But I could also, I really wouldn't be shocked to see, like, a few um, state capitals see some action. Jeez. Well. So maybe, you know, could be blood in the streets. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Joe Biden just, you know, takes the oath of office and that's that that sure would be nice yeah it would be nice that would be good it would be good right i so just when think... you're listening to this people let us know what happened <laughs> if right. we're alive right all of us are still alive right. <laughs> luckily neither of us lives in a state capital but yeah um all right well stay safe america <laughs> stay safe brooklynites stay safe new yorkers right we'll stay get safe. through this stay safe brian all right you too All right. I'll see you and hear from everybody next week.